going on, people? Welcome back to the Kicking It Dolo podcast. It's your host, your boy, Dolo J, man. I've been pumping these episodes out lately, man. I really appreciate y'all. Y'all starting to come back around and show me the views that y'all were showing me before I took my little sabbatical, little break or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I really appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all keep liking, commenting, and subscribing if you're on YouTube. If you're on Spotify, make sure you go download the episode, follow the, uh, follow the podcast, and make sure you leave a nice review. Also, if you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to your podcast, man. I really appreciate what y'all been doing. I really wish y'all would like the video a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? We could try and get that up. I've been trying to get three likes on my last video, and that hasn't been working out too well. But, you know, in time, in time, stuff is going to come. Did I get a little upset about it? Yes. But, you know, I had a long talk with a friend of mine, and uh, I basically decided that I'm not going to get upset about that. And I'm going to keep doing my thing and just let whatever come come you know what i'm saying if it takes forever for three people to like the video just so be it you know what i'm saying this is what i want to do this is what i'm gonna do and this is what i do you feel me so what so y'all already know how the new intro goes y'all know what we do how we do so without further ado let's get into the episode man I can see the whole world sitting in my head, amazing views. We finna break the rules, and we gon' make them too. I can't fall asleep, I gotta stand tall, that's what a leader do. Follow me, I'm leading you. Hey, we finna turn up, crank up the heat in her, they finna burn up. Told them I'm coming, I'm here, tell them they climb up. I said it once, I'ma say it again, this will be my year. I ain't gon' show no fear, I know that I'm built to a cook. For what God want me to do, I'm number one at the two. So, all right, on today's episode, um, we're going to basically talk about two games. We're going to talk about the Monday night football game, and we're going to talk about the game that transpired last night between the Eagles and the, uh, the Eagles and the Vikings. Excuse me. But, uh, yeah, man, heartbreaker of a loss for us on Monday night. Um, I'm glad I dropped the episode before the uh, actual game came, uh, you know, because I wasn't really in the mood to really talk afterwards, you know. Um, you can say I put a lot of stock on my team, but I really just be wanting my team to win every game, as a fan should. You know what I'm saying? It's cool to be optimistic and stuff like that, but you know me. I really just like to. I'm starting to dive in more to my fandom of the team that I represent, the Buffalo Bills. And if you don't know, now you know. You feel me? But it's still Bills Mafia. You know what I'm saying? We only own one. It's just one game. You know what I'm saying? We didn't have the best game. Uh, Josh Allen went 29-41 for 236, one touchdown, three interceptions, also had a lost fumble, six carries for 36 yards. James Cook had 12 receptions for 46 yards. Uh, Stephon Diggs, 10 receptions for 102 yards and a touchdown. And it was just a really, really demoralizing game, especially at the beginning. Um, on the fourth play of the opening drive for the Jets, Aaron Rodgers ended up tearing his Achilles. Initially, you know, a lot of people thought it was an ankle injury and stuff like that, so maybe he would have missed it a few weeks. You know what I'm saying, at best. But um, once we got the news that it was a tour Achilles, I want to say it was the day after we got it. Um, now, their coach, um, Coach Sala, basically was saying after the game it doesn't really look good. Um, Garrett Wilson was talking, basically saying, like Aaron Rodgers told him at halftime, hey, I'm sorry, kid. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's real demoralizing um, to see Aaron Rodgers go down like that in, in the manner in which he did. You know what I'm saying? Uh as a fan of the sport within itself, not just a fan of the Buffalo Bills, man, it's real hard to see. And I don't want anybody to be injured. I always want us to, you know, because these are human beings. But also, I want my team to beat every team. You know what I'm saying? If we win, I want us to win when the team is playing their best and they're at full strength. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, 
but the Jets end up rallying around. A little bit of help from Josh Allen, I'm not going to lie. You know, um, just not making the right reads, staring down his receivers, not going through his progressions properly. You know, stuff, you know, just a little bit of jitters. The first interception was, uh, I guess they say it was a punt, but it, to me, he could have took off and possibly got the first down. Um, he it, it was just Josh Allen being Josh Allen, and this is the is two Josh Allens. You got the Josh Allen that's going to perform and do well and spectacular, who's a possible top five quarterback in the league, and then you got a Josh Allen who is very turnover prone and you know very giddy with the ball, makes questionable decisions, things of that nature. So uh, we got the other, we got the latter um, in this game, and um, Zach Wilson did his thing. He kind of managed the game well. He didn't really too much. He didn't really give the game away. The team also rallied. Right, rallied around him given the fact that Aaron Rodgers was already injured so the team you know if you know about the Jets and Zach Wilson they didn't really have the utmost confidence in them so for the team to rally around him and they really just you know turned up on all three phases of the ball but Wilson in the game went 14 to 21 for a buck 40 one touchdown one interception four carries for six yards Brees Hall was having a heck of a game it's just something about the Bills defense we are terrible against the run Brees Hall had 10 carries for 127 yards Garrett Wilson with that spectacular touchdown catch to tie the game up. He had five receptions for only 34 yards, but a touchdown. But it was a big touchdown to tie the game. And, you know, um, Whitehead had his three interceptions. Xavier Gibson had the game-winning punt return touchdown in overtime, 65 yards. It was just a really, really difficult game for me to watch. I was going to cut the game off with, like, four minutes left. I was on the phone with my homeboy, Juwan, you know what I'm saying? And we were just talking about stuff we see in the game and how the game was going to play out and how it's transpiring and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? He's a real smart football guy. You know, he really knows, like, coverages and who's supposed to do what. So, you know, it's somebody I lean to, you know, a lot of times for a certain football knowledge and stuff like that. So, me and him usually either – I usually watch the game with him or, you know what I'm saying, I'd be on the phone with my boy. You know what I'm saying? we just be chopping it up, talking about the game, you know. Also talk about prize picks. I'm going to get back into prize picks, you know what I'm saying, and possibly, you know – might start be Dolo's picks coming soon. Maybe, maybe. I'm going to go a couple weeks to see if I get on a little hot streak. And, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to play the field a little bit and, you know, just work around it. But I don't want to just come out the gate and just give y'all some picks without, you know what I'm saying, diving into it first. Make a little bit of cheese off of it. You know what I'm talking about? But, yeah, man, just a demoralizing game for the uh, – demoralizing game for us, bro. Demoralizing game for us. Um, I really like the, the drive we did. Um, to go down and tie the game at 16. The Jets end up did taking the lead, but we went down and, you know, Stephon Diggs, he encouraged Josh Allen. And I was watching him and Von Miller basically talk about the game. You know what I'm saying? Basically, they both behind their guy. And we already know the type of um, image the media tries to portray of Stephon Diggs, that he's a diva and that he's a, you know what I'm saying, prima donna. And he gets a little too emotional on the sidelines. But, you know, when I was watching – him and Von Miller basically speak, I got the chance to, you know, see his perspective from things. Of, and they were talking about, a, um, it was a portion of the episode where they were talking about basically um, leadership style. And, you know, Stefan Diggs was like, you know, I pointed to my head and I was saying, like, play smart, you know what I'm saying, which is what you want to tell your quarterback. Now, the way the camera might show it, it might show that he's trying to show Josh Allen up or he might be getting upset, but he's just passionate about what he does and he wants to win. That's the reason why he left Minnesota, you know what I'm saying? He wanted to win. So, with that being said, um, hopefully we 
hopefully we bounce back. Hopefully we bounce. That's my speaker, excuse me. But hopefully we bounce back against the Raiders. You know what I'm saying? They end up picking up a week one victory against the Broncos. Not the best game. It was kind of a back and forth game. But uh, I really expect Josh Allen to not turn the ball over. And at the beginning of the game, he was taking his check downs. He was hitting James Cook out the backfield. You know what I'm saying? They were running the ball. But it's like they got a little too antsy with the play calling. And Josh Allen got a little too antsy with the ball. So um, this Sunday, we're going to see how they turn out, man. And hopefully they can bounce back, bro. But let's get to the Monday night game. I mean, not the Monday night game, but let's get to the Thursday night game, the game that transpired last night. The Eagles end up winning 34-28. Jalen Hurts, 18-23, 193, one touchdown, one interception, 12 carries, 35 yards, two rushing touchdowns. DeAndre Swift, boy. Boy, 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 boy. I'm going to take a drink of water on that, excuse me. Yeah, man. But boy, oh boy. Oh boy. 28 carries for a buck 75 and a touchdown. Devontae Smith, four receptions for 131 yards, one touchdown. AJ Brown had four receptions for 29 yards. Uh, not the game that he had the previous week against the Patriots. Kirk Cousins, 31 of 44 for 364, four touchdowns. Madison, eight carries for 28 yards. Justin Jefferson, Jay Jettas, 11 receptions, 159 yards. Addison, he had three receptions for 72 yards and a touchdown. And Hawkinson had seven receptions for 66 yards and two touchdowns. Now, the first half of this game was kind of back and forth. Um, I believe it was a total of maybe four or five turnovers in the first half. Like, the Vikings could have won this game if they didn't have as many turnovers as they had. Now, Kirk Cousins, he didn't really have the best pass protection in the first half. He got a touchdown to Hawkinson, one, his first of two. But... They really was not blocking a lick in the first half. And then they came out in the second half, and, you know, they fumbled on the opening kickoff after they received the opening kickoff and allowed the Eagles to go down and really put some points up on the board. The Eagles were really doing their thing, man. Like, they were really, you know, at the beginning of the third quarter, it really like it was going to be a runaway. And then Kirk Cousins said, all right, hold my beer. You know what I'm saying? And boom, turned it up. It's just like he had better pass protection. If he had that type of pass protection throughout the game, I say the Vikings win. And this is the second game where the Eagles win kind of ugly. Um, 2-0 is 2-0. But um, it's not like Jalen Hurts is seeing the field as well he was seeing last season, at least through the first two games. Now, we might go later on down the line, and basically, you know, Reese might become better. The rest starts to knock off coming in that the season is just starting. But first two games don't really look the best for the Eagles. Um, they both were – they both had big – they had big leads in both games. And just somehow let the teams crawl back, whether it be like, you know, um, playing lazy or, you know what I'm saying, just thinking they already have the game won. And really, it's just like they think teams are going to lay down. Now, they had a couple games last season as well in which, you know, they were down and they had to come back. But it's like the opposite of that this season. It's like they get up and then, they, you know, they relax a little bit. You know what I'm saying? They kind of, I wouldn't say they celebrate, but they're like, oh, they, we got them. We got them. You know what I'm saying? They finna lay down. They ain't got too much fight left, and they've been letting. They let the Patriots creep back last last week. It was only a five-point game, and they let the Vikings creep back this week. You know what I'm saying? But the turnovers for the Vikings, Cousins, Powell, Madison, and Justin Jefferson all formed the football, and they lost all four fumbles. So, you know what I'm saying? It, it's kind of scary for the Eagles. You won the turnover battle four to one, but you only won the game by six points. So, um... I wouldn't say it's too much of a concern. It's just something to possibly look at and go over. 
something the coaching staff might want to touch on, you know, during the week when they have film study. Like, yeah, we can't be, you know what I'm saying? We can't be letting teams creep back into the game. We got to put our foot on their necks from, from jump street, to, you know, and really just try and dominate. And another thing I want to talk about from this game is A.J. Brown. Now, I know I've seen, I've said this on the previous episode. I want to say it was in the playoffs last season. Um, I want to say it was probably the divisional round, but A.J. Brown, when he does not have a good game and his team is winning, why are you getting upset? I understand you want the football, but y'all are up. Like him and Jalen Hurts basically had to be separated on the sideline, and I think that uh, part of that might have, you know what I'm saying, let affected the play of the team going, you know what I'm saying, into the game. Not into the game, but, you know, from that point on for the rest of the game. It might have affected them a little bit. Now, I understand, you know, playing at the level that you're at, you know what I'm saying, being a high competitor, and you want the ball, you want to make a difference, and you want to put up some stats. But, bro, y'all are winning. And I've said this before, bro, y'all are winning. Just because you don't have the best stats. Okay, you have four catches for 29 yards. So what? I'll have one catch for one yard if we win. I don't care, bro. Like, the ultimate goal in the NFL is to win. And how the Eagles have shown, sometimes you don't win the best way, and sometimes it's not the prettiest. But getting upset that you're not getting the ball, bro, is just something I'm not really rocking with. Now, um, I highly doubt it carries over in the next week. I could probably expect Jalen Hurts to look um, A.J. Brown's way a lot more, a lot earlier. But... It's just like, bro. And then I can understand being frustrated. It was one play. I want to say it was in the third quarter. Um, the Eagles were just outside the red zone. And Jalen Hurts threw a perfect ball to A.J. Brown. And he got interfered with. Like, he hit. Like, the defender grabbed his arm, like, right before the ball got there. Like, right before the ball got there. I'm surprised they didn't throw a uh, flag for pass interference on the play. But, you know, man, um, A.J. Brown, my guy. You know what I'm saying? Y'all were winning. No need to be upset. I understand you didn't have the best of nights and you're a competitor and you want to make a difference, my boy. But, bro, y'all winning. It's just not your night, bro. It's not your night. But y'all still got the dub. I'm pretty sure him and Hurst are going to get over it. You know what I'm saying? They guys and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure they're real tight-knit. So, I don't know, man. I just, it just don't sit real with me. Like, why are you upset? Is it a money thing? Like, you know what I'm saying? Y'all winning, bro. As long as y'all win, as long as we win, I don't care what happens. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I think that's something they'll talk about. Um, him and her to sit down and have a conversation about it. I don't think it's going to linger too far into anything. But, uh, yeah, man. Uh, just real weird for me, man. Real weird for me. But, uh, we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about maybe two or three possible games that I feel like NFL games that are going to be good this week. I like the Chiefs and the Jazz game. Um, the Jazz came back last week against the uh, Colts. They usually always play each other, play each other really well. And uh, the Chiefs looking to bounce back, man, looking to bounce back from a disappointing loss on the opening game of the season, um, losing twenty to twenty-one. They get Kelsey back. They get Chris Jones back. They agree to a one-year deal with them with uh, Chris Jones, and you know Kelsey's coming back off his knee injury, possible ACL strain or or hamstring or something along those lines. But um, going back to their game last season in the divisional round, it was a extremely good game. So um, the Chiefs are hungry. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people are trying to say, oh, it's over with for them. Not a lot of that, but it's only one game. It's only one game, especially if they bounce back and really decimate the Jags, you know what I'm saying, and be the Chiefs teams that we know them to be. Um, 
They got to work on drops, though. Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony especially. You got to work on your hands. You got to. You get paid to catch the football. You can't be dropping it. Now, I understand a drop every now and again, maybe even two, but when the game on the line, bro, you got to come up. When the chips are pushed to the middle of the table, you got to come up with the ball, bro. Like I said on the previous episode, they had four, four chances. And it's not like Mahomes threw the ball away. He threw a slap to the receiver every trip. It's just the fact that them boys had butterfingers. Butterfingers, you know what I'm saying? Just like the candy bar. Butterfingers, you know what I'm saying? So, hopefully they don't really do too much. And uh, we'll see how it is. I'm pretty sure Kelsey's going to be a huge, huge help. I, under, I, I expect Mahomes to go to him early and often throughout the game and really just get him in the flow and get him, you know what I'm saying, get that chemistry back up. But another game I'm going to look at, Jets and the Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys, as we all know, on Sunday Night Football, just completely and utterly decimated the New York Giants, a team that they swept last season. You know what I'm saying? But um, I really expected the, the Giants to do a lot better. They're going to be taking on the Jets. Like I said, at the opening uh, portion of this episode, the Jets beat us 22-16. to Um. Last second, um, basically a walk, not really a walk-off, but, you know, a punt return for a touchdown in overtime. Jet, uh, Zach Wilson did not even need to see the field in overtime. So, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. But I think it's going to be a, a good team, two very good defenses. Dak is playing well. The offensive line is playing well. It's gonna, We're going to see if the Jets can rally around Zach Wilson again. And what I was telling my uh, homeboy Juwan basically is Zach Wilson doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers for the Jets to have success. They have a good enough defense. They have some decent receivers with Randall Cobb and, you know what I'm saying, Alan Lazard. But um, they have a good running game. They have a good one-two punch with Brees Hall and uh, Dalvin Cook. All Zach Wilson has to do is not turn the ball over and manage the game, make timely throws, and he'll be good. I'm not going to say they're going to end up winning the AFC East or anything like that, but they can find themselves in the playoffs, bro. You know what I'm saying? Zach Wilson can just manage the game. Um, Aaron Rodgers during recovery, he needs to, in my opinion, he needs to seek the advice and knowledge of Aaron Rodgers. Hall of Fame quarterbacks have been doing it for a long time, what, 15, 16 seasons, something along those lines, man. So Zach Wilson needs to have A-Rod in his ear a lot. Go to him a lot. Ask him a lot of questions. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, Aaron Rodgers is very um, receptive of that and gives him the information that, you know, Zach Wilson needs in order for the Jets to have success this season because they have a good team. They have a stellar defense. Like I said, they have a they have a good running game. They have decent receivers. You know what I'm saying? Aaron Rodgers was the missing piece for them, but he ultimately is out for the season. So, it's Zach Wilson's time to step up and show them why he was picked so highly. You know what I'm saying? But he doesn't have to be a world beater, bro. He does not have to be a world beater. He could be something similar to how Geno Smith does in Seattle. Manages the game, make timely throws, you know what I'm saying, and don't give the ball up. And I can really, really, really see the Jets possibly sneaking in and making a wild card. Possibly maybe like a six seed, maybe, you know what I'm saying, maybe even a a, a, a fifth seed. Something along those lines, bro. Something along those lines. So, um, yeah, man, it's going to be an interesting game to check out. And another game we're going to check out. At AFC East uh, rivalry game, as you can say, the Dolphins versus the Patriots. Now, Tyreek Hill did his thug fizzle week one. 215, two touchdowns, 11 receptions, 
Tours did his thing. He went for what four sixty six. Um, I want to say he went for what maybe two, three touchdowns, something along those lines, man. Um, the Dolphins, the defense needs to shorten up a little bit. Um, I didn't really too much like the fact of they gave up how they you know went against the run game. You know, uh, they really allowed Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly to really do their thing. Um, and the Chargers, I believe, went for two forty three as far as rushing yards are concerned. So, um. I'm really going to need for them to, because I actually, when I was talking to my boy, uh, P. Scott, chop it up with P. Scott podcast on Spotify. Make sure y'all go um, check him out, man. Make sure y'all go check him out. Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, man. You know what I'm saying? When I was talking to him, I don't know if it was our my live or his live, but um, basically he asked me because we're both Bills fans. Like I said, I had the Dolphins, you know, I had the Dolphins winning the AFC East, but it was more of their defense. But Tua making timely throws, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't have the best arm in the world, but like I was telling um, telling another friend of mine, basically, Tua's an accuracy guy. You know, he makes timely throws. He puts the ball there when he needs to. He doesn't have to make the he doesn't have to make the 50 yard bomb, 60 yard bomb. You know what I'm saying? Quick, quick little screens, slant routes. You know what I'm saying? Little drags. Give it, give it to you know what I'm saying. Waddling Tyreek Hill in space and, you know, also run the ball decently with Mostert and stuff like that. Gusecki is on the Patriots, so this might be the Mike Gusecki game. Does he see more playing time? Um, I understand Hunter Henry is, I believe, the starting tight end for the uh, New England Patriots. So, But does Mike Gusecki, does he get a little bit more targets than usual? Does Mac Jones try and find him given the fact that he's going against his former team? Who knows, man? Who knows? But I feel like it's going to be a really, really, really good game. Um. Wow, I'm already 21 minutes into the episode. That's crazy. But uh, enough of the NFL. We're going to move on to some college football. And then I'll possibly talk about maybe one or two NBA topics. Uh, I'll, I'll just do one NBA topic. I, one is The other one's a little too touchy for me. I'm not going to really I'm not gonna really touch on that one. But uh, two games that I see in college football that I believe is going to be good. One, it's not really a lot of games this season. I mean, not this season, but a lot of games this week that I really are interested in watching. Of course, it's going to be uh, Colorado and Colorado State. But the game before that, Tennessee and Florida. Now, I'm just real interested to see what Tennessee is going to do. Um, like I said, the 2-0. and I really want to see how Florida bounces back, man. Florida had abysmal uh, week one. I believe they picked up a victory last week. But I just want to, it's just, you know, it's a, it's an SEC game. And, you know, um, you can also possibly throw Georgia and South Carolina in there. But I think that's going to be a little bit more lopsided, in my opinion. Um, but Tennessee and Florida is a game I'm going to be watching. Now, of course, Colorado and Colorado State. Um, Colorado State's coach, Jay Norville, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, basically takes a little jab at Deion Sanders, basically saying when he talks to adults, he takes his glasses and his hat off. Um... I really don't understand the reasoning behind saying something like that or what is the purpose behind that. Um, Shiloh, Dion's older son that's on the team that plays defense, he wears the exact same number that Dion wear, number 21. I want to say he's a safety graduate. Um, I want to say he's a graduate transfer. But uh, I believe he was on the Pat McAfee show and they asked him about it. And he was like, man, why do they keep doing this to themselves, man? Like every week the coach has something to say. Like, y'all keep giving them bullet board material, and y'all going And it's looking like y'all going to keep losing. Like, like, they already didn't need extra fuel because this is an in-state rivalry. It's Colorado and Colorado State. 
Granted, you know, it's not the most talked, one of the most talked about rivalries, you know what I'm saying, in college football, like uh, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, who else? Uh, Florida, Florida State, you know what I'm saying? It's not to the par of those guys or Georgia, Georgia Tech or just going off the top of my head, some some, some rivalries we know. Um, it's, it's not one of them. Georgia and Alabama over the last couple years. You know what I'm saying, but it's it's nothing like that. It's nothing like that. An in-state rivalry, nonetheless. But uh, yeah, man, I don't know why he did that. I know Dion was talking to his players and basically trying to hype him up. You see what they saying about us? You see what they saying every week? They got something to say about us, man. Every week, and I guess every week, you know what I'm saying? They gonna keep striking them down and keep knocking them down. You keep setting up the dominoes and they keep knocking them down, bro. So I should. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I think Shador is going to have a big game. I think he's going to have a big game. Travis Hunter's probably going to have, he might not have a touchdown in this game, but I think he's going to have an interception. I expect the defense to really step up. And I want Dion. I know he wants to win, but I think he wants to win in dominating fashion. Just to shut him up. You know what I'm saying? Win in dominating fashion to just put their foot on their necks and crush them. You feel what I'm saying? So, um, in-state rivalry. I don't understand the purpose of it. Like I said, Jay Norvell. I don't. I don't know if he was just trying to hype his players up or what. I don't really understand because I believe at the beginning of the press conference he didn't really want to talk about Dion like that. And I think as he he might have as the you know media day went on and as the press conference went on, you know, probably got a little bit more agitated and just took a slight dig at him. I really don't understand the purpose of that like i've said um a couple times already but uh i expect colorado come out firing from jump street from jump street like i said they don't need any more juice for this game man it's like you know what i'm saying it's, it's playing your rivals you know what i'm saying you want bragging rights it's for the bragging rights of colorado basically so uh, we'll see we'll see but um the NBA topic that I'm going to talk about today is, um, as we all know, I was covering FIBA and I really, you know what I'm saying? I kind of miss it. Hopefully I get a chance to watch uh, EuroLeague this season. I'm going to look into how I can possibly, you know, watch some EuroLeague games. But um, given the fact Kimball Walker's going over there, Jabari Parker's going over there, um, who else is going over there? I think it's one more player if I'm not mistaken. It's like two or three NBA players that's going over there. But um, seeing what happened to Team USA this year in the uh, FIBA World Cup, LeBron is assembling the Avengers. LeBron is assembling the Avengers. He showed interest that he wants to play in the Olympics. Um, I know uh, Devin Booker is showing interest. I think Steph Curry is showing interest. Possibly KD is showing interest. You know, the type of guys we usually send over there, you know what I'm saying? I don't think they usually play the World Cup, but they usually, usually play the Olympics. And it's, it's a different, you know, it's on a grander scale, Given, but the World Cup this year, for me, it was a different brand of basketball. You know what I'm saying? Guys playing for the country, and I really got the chance to see it. Now, is this the last dance for LeBron? Does he go out on a high note, basically, and saying, you know, does he call it quits afterwards, after the Olympics? Or, you know what I'm saying, does he play another season? I think he plays another season, given the fact he wants Bronny to play with Bronny. And um, we already know Bronny suffered a cardi uh, cardiac arrest 
during uh, USC. So going into this college basketball season, it's going to be real interesting to see how he, uh, what happens with Bronny and what goes on. So um, I hope he gets a chance to showcase what he can do. I want to see him on the court for USC. You know what I'm saying? Bringing eyes to the, you know, bringing eyes back to the Pac-12 as far as basketball is concerned. We already know that UCLA is a premier school when it comes to basketball in the Pac-12. Um, also, Arizona is a premier school. Oregon, give or take the season, you know, sometimes they, they'll, you know, play up to par as far as like um, basketball is concerned. But I got to watch my ducks this season as far as college basketball is concerned. I usually get around to it as far when everybody else does, you know, start tuning around March Madness. But I want to be hands-on and start playing um, and start watching, not playing, but start watching basically from game one of college basketball. And there'd be so many basketball games. Get to know the players, similar how I did with FIBA, similar how I'm doing now with college football. But, uh, yeah, man, I really, I really want to get back into uh, college basketball. It's been a minute. I haven't watched this since Oregon won the Final Four. I think that was the season North Carolina North Carolina won the championship. And we only lost to them by one. That's when Dylan Brooks, we had Dylan Brooks, Tyler Dorsey, Peyton Pritchard. Um, and we had a few other guys, you know what I'm saying? So it's been a little minute. And if you know college sports and you keep up with it, Peyton Pritchard's been in the league for a good amount of time, at least, what, two, three seasons? So it's, it's been a while. It's been a while since I dove into college football. But enough yipper and yammer on but uh LeBron you know what I'm saying I really feel like USA can can take home the goal but a lot of the players are older but like I said the Olympics is only 40 minutes FIBA rules you know what I'm saying but these are guys that are, are used to playing in the Olympics so and uh used to playing in the World Cup so I can really see USA actually getting the medal going out for revenge and like I said LeBron is reassembling the Avengers. All it takes is one domino. LeBron comes, then probably Steph is going to come, then KD is probably going to come. Then you probably get somebody like Anthony Davis in there. Like I said, uh, they're trying to get Joel Embiid to come. I feel like he'll play for Team USA. So, yeah, a, a plethora of guys, but shout out to the guys that went this year um, for the World Cup, end up finishing in fourth place. Um, but uh, I can really see us coming back. And you know what I'm saying with the Avengers. Not saying that the Justice League were bad or anything, but you know the Avengers are the Avengers for a reason. Not to knock the guys that we sent down there because I think we sent some pretty good players down there, but they were young guys. You know what I'm saying they didn't really have a lot of FIBA experience. But I think USA is gonna come back to prominence, kind of a last dance type thing, kind of a redeemed team type thing. I think that's gonna be the type of feel around it. But uh. It's going to be real interesting to see as we get closer to the Olympics. You already know that I'm going to be covering it and uh, also various outlets and stuff like that. But um, this has been episode 38 of the Kicking It Dolo podcast. This has been your boy Dolo J. I appreciate y'all coming to kick it with me for this a little bit amount of time for these 30 minutes or so, man. But like I said, man, y'all know what we do and how we do. So without further ado, I'll catch y'all next time, man. Peace.